You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway. Midway. It's great to see all of you. If you'll please stand as we worship God this morning and sing of his love for us. I was walking the wayside, lost on a lonely road. I was chasing the highlight, trying Satisfy my soul. All the lies I believed in left me crying like the rain. Then I saw lightning from heaven, and I've never been the same. No, I'm going to climb a mountain. I'm going to shout about it. Child of love. Sing it with me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I am a child of love. 
we're so glad to see you here at Midway this morning. Uh, Matthew 6.33 says, Strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be giving, given to you as well. Let's worship together and let's join together as we experience the, heaven, the kingdom of God. sinner's heart You lead us by still waters into mercy And nothing can keep us apart So remember your people Remember your children Remember your promise Your grace is enough for 
Worship at Midway. I'm Nate Juvenile, Director of Student Ministries and Missions. Here are a couple of things you might want to know about the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ at Midway. Our Midway preschool will start in a few short weeks. The preschool director, Beth Dotson, has compiled a wish list for the teachers. Wouldn't it be great if we filled out the list for them? You can find the list on the What's Happening page. If you go now, nobody's going to watch you. Go on and do it. It'll be great. Beth will really appreciate it. She's a living legend. It'll be awesome to do the wish list. Music for Mission is a fundraiser to support, you guessed it, you're smart, Midway, the music and missions of Midway. That's right, Midway. August 26th will be a wonderfully entertaining night with good food, amazing music, so come on out and support the music and missions. Tickets are for sale for $25. You can purchase them online or the Welcome Center. Thank you for your gifts to Murphy Harps for the month of July. Your gifts total over $4,000. Your regular giving helps support Murphy Harps and other ministries that are near and dear to the heart of Christ. There are three ways to give at Midway. Number one, in person. Number two, online. Or number three, through the mail. One, two, three. Three ways to give at Midway. More information about giving in the ministries at Midway can be found on the website. Check it out. If you didn't quite catch some of these announcements, that's okay. You can scan this QR code and be taken to our What's Happening page. You can find out the announcements and more opportunities here at Midway. I say mid, you say way. Mid! Way! Midway! Let's get excited, everybody! It's Midway! And now that we're cheering for our church, let's cheer for God, too. Join me in a word of prayer. Bow your heads, please. Dear God, thank you, Lord, so much for excitement of you. Thank you, Lord, for a place where we can have joys and celebrations here at church. Thank you, Lord, so much where we can share each other's sorrows as well. Lord, lift us up. Thank you so much for who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name I offer this. Amen. Have a great week, Midway. Love you. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? Good. Well, I brought some bread, and we're going to talk about bread today. So I read on the back of this package of bread that it has 24 slices in it. So how many sandwiches would that make? You cheated. How many? 
12, 12 sandwiches. So do you think we could feed the whole church in here with those 12 sandwiches? Could I, would I feed the whole church in here and then be full with 12 sandwiches? Nope, I could not. But I'm sure as Rosie was trying to get to, there is a story in the Bible about Jesus with some bread, huh? And so Jesus was in the countryside and he was talking to a bunch of people. It was actually over 5,000 people. And guess what? They were there a long time and they got hungry. So does anyone know what he did next? You're going to steal my job. He asked if anyone had some food and a little boy had some, uh, had bread and some fish, right? How many loaves of bread did he have? No. How many? Five. And how many fish? Two. Two fish and five loaves of bread. And you know what Jesus did is he blessed it and he told the disciples, he said, give this out to everyone. And they started passing it around. And it says in the Bible that everyone ate until they were full. Not just a bite, but over 5,000 people ate until they were full. And then he said, what did he say? To gather the leftovers, right? And does... And there were 12 baskets of leftovers. Did they even start with 12 baskets of food? No, but who can make that food last and who can perform miracles? God or Jesus, Uh uh-huh, Jesus performed a miracle. So what I want you to remember is that this week, every time you have your lunch at school, I want you guys, when you're eating your lunch, I want you to remember that God takes care of you and he will always provide for you, okay? Can you guys bow your head and close your eyes and repeat after me? Say, dear God... We love you. Thank you for taking care of us. And help us to take care of others. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can go back to your parents or line up to go downstairs. For your love, for your grace, and God, I thank you for the abundance that you give to us. Lord, I pray for the gifts. I pray for the givers this morning. God, may you multiply these gifts so that we might do your work in the world. Amen.
There's a grace when the heart is under fire Another way when the walls are closing in And when I look at the space between Where I used to be and this reckoning I know I will never be alone There was another in the fire Standing next to me There was another in the waters Holding back the seas And should I ever need reminding Of how I've been set free is a cross that bears the burdens where another died for me. There is another in the fire. my dead left for dead beneath the waters I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore and should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning Either way, I won't bow to the things of this world. And I know I will never be alone. There is another in the fire standing next to me. There is another in the waters holding back the sea.
is no other name but the name that is Jesus. Amen. He who was and who is and will be through it all. So come what may in the space between all the things unseen and this reckoning. I know I will never be alone. I know I will never be alone. There'll be another in the fire standing next to me. you and we come before you this morning to worship to honor you God we pray this morning that you would remind us that you provide all that we need and God remind us of this especially when we hold tight to those things of this world when we hold tight to our possessions our social status. God, remind us it's your provision that keeps us safe. It's your provision that gives us everything that we need. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be changed. God, that we would see the different ways you're providing for us. And God, that we would turn to you God, this morning, we thank you. We thank you for the many ways that we have seen you at work through this church. We thank you for the many ways that we see you at work in our lives. God, we thank you that you are present. And God, we thank you for the many miracles that we see. God, we ask that you would be with us now lead and guide us. Be with our friends and family who are ill, who are hospitalized, those who are mourning the loss of loved ones. Lord, would you be with all of them, providing comfort in your presence. God, we pray for those who feel lonely or abandoned God, those who feel anxious or depressed, would you remind them of your faithfulness, your love? Remind them that you are right there with them, sitting in the valley, 
Almighty God, we thank you that you have called us to be reminders of your holy presence with others. And so God, we pray that as we go into the world this week, God, that you would speak to us and show us ways that we can serve you. Show us ways that we can offer ourselves for your mission, for your will and your way. God, we pray all of these things in your holy name. And we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture lesson on this communion Sunday comes to us from the gospel of Matthew, the 14th chapter, beginning with the 13th verse. Here now, God's word to us this day. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Comfort food. What gets your salivary glands going when you're looking for comfort through some kind of food? For me, when I think of comfort food, I think of my mother's greasy fried chicken that she would fry up in her electric skillet on Sundays after church. For my boys, their comfort food is a dish my grandmother, or their grandmother rather, would make for them whenever we visited. Ahead of our visit, she would ask, what do you want me to cook for you? And their answer was always pancit, which is a Filipino noodle dish. What comes to your mind? When you think of comfort food, 
Though comfort food is probably as old as the human diet, the term is actually relatively new. It didn't start, it didn't come into our vocabulary as a term until the 1960s, and then it began to rise in usage after it appeared in a 1977 Washington Post article, which they referred to one of their featured holiday dishes as comfort food. Now, there's a reason that we offer people food when they are grieving. It's because we know that food brings comfort, even though we also know that the last thing that anyone in the throes of grief wants to do is eat. Still, we fill up folks' fridges in the hopes that the love that is put into the making of the food will somehow bring comfort, if not the food itself, at least the compassion that it imparts. There's this company that has capitalized on this kind of compassion, and it's called a spoonful of comfort. Have any of you heard of it? Yeah, a lot of you. Well, after being sent away empty-handed in an appearance on the Shark Tank TV show, the company was catapulted to success by that exposure. Now, their product is a modern-day version of the church lady casserole. When someone is going through a life crisis, you can go online, order a very good meal, and voila, comfort food arrives at their doorstep along with their Amazon packages. It's a good product. When Jesus got into a boat and went off by himself in search of a deserted place, what he was really in search of was some comfort. He had just received word that his cousin, John the Baptist, had been executed. His head served up on a platter at Herod's drunken birthday party as a reward for Herodias's daughter for her fancy dance moves. Who wouldn't want to be alone after receiving such horrific news? Jesus was in search of some solace, some time away from the demands of ministry to regroup, to grieve and commune with his heavenly father. Jesus' bereavement leave is cut short, though. For when his boat lands, the crowd has raced there ahead of him and is waiting to greet him, bringing with them all their desperate needs. And we can't really blame the crowd, can we? We can relate. We know what it is to have needs. We know what it is to be desperate for healing, to long to be cured of what ails us, to be made whole again. Like them, Jesus is in a vulnerable place when he comes ashore. His own heart hurts, yet he is filled with such compassion. He chooses to put his own needs aside to minister to the people by curing the sick and then 
by feeding them. Jesus' compassion is the first part of this miracle story about the feeding of the 5,000. The second part of the miracle is that Jesus does not perform the miracle alone, but employs his disciples in the work. When evening came, the disciples want to send the people away from that food desert by the sea so that they may go into the villages and buy some food. Are the disciples being inhospitable or are they simply being practical? I think they make a reasonable suggestion given the lateness of the hour and the lack of resources. Jesus, though, has a better idea. You give them something to eat. Give them what, Lord? They protest. All we have is a peasant meal of five little loaves and two measly dried-up salted fish. The disciples are focused on scarcity, on how little they have to work with, while Jesus trusts in God's abundance. Our human tendency is just that, isn't it? To focus on scarcity, on what we don't have or what we can't do. But our God is a God of abundance. God has already provided all we need to help the hungering and the hurting of the world. All we have to do is offer who we are and what we have for God's purposes. And who knows, God might work a miracle using disciples like you and me. The feeding of the 5,000, which course, was really more than that number since that number didn't include the women and children. That miracle is of such significance that it is the only miracle of Jesus that is told in all four Gospels. When we hear it, we marvel at the multiplication of the food. We try and wrap our minds around it. Some of us have, some people have even tried to explain away proposing that the five loaves and the two fish weren't supernaturally multiplied, but rather once that the disciples started passing out the pieces of the meal, that everyone else was inspired to share what food they had hidden under their cloaks. I wonder why we can't take at face value that a God who created the cosmos out of nothing, who made an earth of such abundance that is capable of providing food for everyone on the planet, who provided daily manna in the desert for the children of Israel, can feed a crowd from five loaves and two fish with enough leftovers for each of the disciples to have a basket lunch the next day. Isn't our God capable? Arthur Parker Palmer was once on his way to a conference when the plane he was on made an unusually long layover. What had happened was that the truck that was 
of bringing the food for the next leg of their journey had broken down. So after they had waited a while, the pilot decided that it was more important that he get the passengers on to their onto their next site rather than wait on the food. So they all reboarded the plane and took off. Well, you can imagine what happened. No sooner than they were in the air than the grumbling began. A ticket is a contract, said one passenger, and food was part of that contract. One passenger stood up. I'm a lawyer. Does anyone want to join in a class action lawsuit? And so it went. There was a minor mutiny in the works on that plane. Then a flight attendant got on the loudspeaker. She began with the familiar speech. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned off the seatbelt lights. We have now attained a cruising altitude of 30,000 feet. But then she broke from the usual speech. Having served many of you on the first leg of this flight, I know some of you still have your bags of peanuts, which you have stuffed in your pockets. How many do we have? Please open them and share them with the people around you. I'm sure some of you have mints. Would you pass those around also? Those of you with newspapers, you can't read all the sections at once. Would you share a section with another passenger? Some of you are parents and grandparents. Take out pictures of your children or grandchildren and show them to others. And with that brief announcement, that flight attendant changed the climate on that plane. When the flight attendant came near Palmer, he asked her, what's your name? I want to write to your supervisor. Supervisor, That's the best example of group leadership I've ever seen. And she said to him, the loaves and fishes still work. It's a nice thought to think that people who were hoarding food suddenly became generous so that there was plenty to go around. But don't you think that if that is what happened, that Matthew would have said as much? Matthew would have us know that Jesus used his disciples as partners in his ministry. He put them to work and made them a part of his compassionate ministry by employing them in the supernatural feeding of the crowd. Notice that he employed the disciples in the work, not those in the hungering, hurting crowd. That's how Matthew tells the story. The good news is, as disciples of Jesus, we already have all we need to minister to Christ's name to the hungry and hurting in our midst. God has gifted us with the compassion of Christ and an overwhelming abundance of resources. So which is the greater miracle? That Jesus could multiply a meager meal or that he uses people like us 
to continue to perform miracles today. You know, people often say that God no longer performs miracles like those we read about in the Bible. Have any of you seen a sea parted recently? No? No, we haven't seen a sea parted. We still suffer from cancer and Alzheimer's and various other sicknesses and disease. And the hungry have not found a bottomless bowl like that jar of meal and jug of oil that fed the widow and Elijah. But hungry stomachs are being filled. People are receiving the daily bread that Jesus taught us to pray for. Family whose money has run out before the end of the month call us to receive help through the Benevolence Fund because of your generosity. A food packing event like the one that we all have in October will feed tens of thousands. Mule trains are formed to provide for families during challenging times. We support Meals by Grace as a partner ministry by, with our volunteerism and our financial gifts. Just last Sunday, the men cooked hot dogs enough to feed a whole congregation. It may not have been 5,000-plus people, but it was a lot of people. We fed them. You give them something to eat, Jesus told the disciples. And so his disciples have been ever since. But it's not only stomachs that are getting filled, is it? Hungry souls make their way to the doorstep of the church or online with us in worship each and every week. They're looking to feed on the word of God and be fed by the compassion of Christ's body. This is the ultimate miracle that those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness are filled and satisfied when our meager offerings are combined with God's love and God's grace. The miracles of Jesus always serve to convey the character of God. The miracles of Jesus always serve to convey the character of God. And in this one, we witness God's compassion, a compassion ultimately displayed on a cross and celebrated in this meal, first made visible in the comfort of filled stomachs by the sea in Galilee. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, Jesus looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds and all ate and were filled. So draw near with faith, my fellow disciples. Take this holy sacrament to your comfort and make your humble confession to Almighty God. It's the ultimate comfort food, the one that we partake until that day when we will all feast together 
and God's heavenly kingdom. Let us pray. We hunger for you, O Lord, and yet we seek fulfillment in all the wrong places. We feed our fear of scarcity instead of trusting in your abundance. We fuel our apathy instead of pouring ourselves out in service. We nourish our prejudices instead of showing compassion to those who hurt. Forgive us, Lord. Free us to feast on the comfort of your abundant love and grace, offering it in service to others as we work with you towards the fulfillment of your kingdom on earth. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we come to the table of God's grace, let us prepare our hearts and minds to receive this meal. Lift up your hearts and give thanks to God. Blessed are you, O God, who with your word and Holy Spirit created all things and called them good. In Jesus Christ, your word became flesh and dwelt among us. Through Jesus' suffering and death, you took upon yourself our sin and death and destroyed their power forever. You raised from the dead the same Jesus who now reigns with you in glory and poured upon us your Holy Spirit, making us the people of your new covenant. On the night before meeting with death, He took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup, gave thanks to you, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink from this, all of you. For this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts that in the breaking of this bread, And the drinking of this wine, we may know the presence of the living Christ and be renewed as the body of Christ for the world, redeemed by Christ's blood until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at your table forever. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. As you prepare to receive communion this morning, I'd like to remind you this is an open table. And what that means is that you need not be a member of this church or denomination to participate. All that is needed is a repentant heart and a desire to lead a new life in Christ. All of the elements are gluten-free. Should you uh, prefer sealed elements, please request those. Um, uh, You can come at the direction of the ushers, this is our Lord's table, and he invites you to come.
precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. sorrows and trade them for joy from the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling oh come to the altar the Father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
Now may God go before you to guide you. May God go behind you to direct you. May God go beside you to befriend you. May God rest above you to protect you. May God rest below you to uphold you. And may God dwell within you to comfort you now and forevermore. Amen. listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.